What are you listening to for the next half hour? Think again, my friend. Hi, everyone. We're recording. We're recording. Yeah. Right. How long have we been recording? Uh, 25 seconds. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> I, uh, I hope you slept well. I slept great. Awesome. Uh, it's Think Again, my friend. Your quiz show. Uh, I'm Mike Sugarbaker with the panelists. That's what we're called. Panelists. Uh, introduce themselves, starting to my left. I'm Kristen McCurdy, and I... I slept reasonably well, but I have been thinking about refrigeration all day. Oh, yes. My name is Brendan Adkins, and I lied about being ready since I was born. <laughs> uh, I am Tom Henderson, and my refrigeration method is exposed chest hair. <laughs> How... We'll talk about that later. Um, our topic uh, today is Netflix and refrigeration. Two topics that uh, have nothing to do with each other. I know you're all thinking, what could these possibly have to do with each other? Uh, we're just we're just going to cover them both. That's how it is. I just we... realized I could have written questions about sex. I didn't do anything. No. Sex related. No. That's, um... I misunderstood the reason you were inviting us over. In my <laughs> to be honest. Uh, adding to the hilarity, it's about 102 degrees in Portland today. Uh, we are in a basement, and we don't have to deal with that shit. For now. Not, <laughs> not at the moment. Kristen no. looks so offended by this that I'm going to well, ask you to ask the first question. Okay. Okay. So I actually didn't write any questions about Netflix. I did not write any questions about refrigeration. Uh, I... You're going rogue. <laughs> I I won't I won't exactly say whether my questions are about sex or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I will say is that I started thinking about what what there was before there was Netflix, and of course there was cable television, and there was premium cable television. So, um, so I started reading a little bit about the history of HBO um, because that was, of course, the first. Uh, major cable television network and that really kind of started the whole like premium content kind of idea right now um, i'm thinking about the uh the clip that hbo used to roll before any movie that it would show and it was this amazing like effect shot through miniatures of different things yeah yeah are you okay 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 are, no. we, are we stepping on your question no we're not okay. stepping on my question but what i was gonna say is that um a few years ago i was taking a road trip with uh matt your roommate mm -hmm. and we were listening to a tape by a good mutual friend of ours from a different area of our lives and um one of the tracks on the tape, I mean, this was a mixtape that had been made for him in like 1999 or something. And one of the tracks on the mixtape was that song. Oh, and I shit. couldn't, I couldn't place it right away <laughs> because it was just so completely removed from context. And, uh, it, yeah, it blew me away. And it was amazing how quickly I was able to call up the, like the laser light thing and yeah. then it sh you'd see the letters and everything so i think i think the camera flies into the o or something like that mm. and then and then you're inside the o yeah but weirdly and then yeah. It, yeah yeah and then it tips over somehow and mm -hmm. yeah not through the o but into the body of that's the right. o that's the title of this episode now <laughs> the body of the o 
We should clearly just have a podcast that's just us, like, describing in detail interstitial moments from TV 30 years ago. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys know that the person who animated the, the Cinemark railroad space ride thing? What the fuck are you talking about? Have you ever been to a Cinemark movie theater? Cinemark, I think, is maybe East Coast. Oh, yeah. Is that just your friend Mark's basement? This is wasted on all of you. Never mind. <laughs> no, I know, I know I've heard of Cinemark. There's a pre-roll sequence that was like very CGI very early on where you're oh, sliding okay. down this film reel that's like a roller coaster track. Well, that sounds like things that I have seen. <sighs> yeah, the guy I who made like... it died last week, so oh. that's, oh. that's, that's oh. the trivia that I have. R.I.P. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. right, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so... Well, I mean, that sounds like something that Regal had as well. And Probably. I don't know, you know, maybe they're owned by the same company and who knows. But uh, so so what I was going to ask was, what was the first uh, program and or movie uh, that they're actually, these are all movies, so whatever. What was the first thing ever that was broadcast mm. on HBO when it debuted in 1971? Was it A, Harold and Maude, B, A Clockwork Orange, uh, C, sometimes a great notion, or D, carnal knowledge? Uh, I guess my question is sex related. I believe it was uh, Video Killed the Radio Star. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The and there was an astronaut. <laughs> I'm going to go Harold and Maude. Uh, the answer is actually C. Um, but all four of those movies came out in 1971. What fucking movie was C? <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Sometimes a great notion. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is okay. now a very, very difficult movie to find. Um, oh. I've never seen it. I've read the book in high school, and I, I loved it, and um, I've, I've never been able to find the movie. Um, HBO successfully won. They, yeah, they were like, "This is ours now. Fuck you." <laughs> um, it's. I mean, it's definitely a movie that I. I don't know what it's rated. I forgot to look up the ratings of these, but it's. It's got a really horrible and graphic drowning scene, which yeah. is horribly described in the book as well. Um, so it's definitely, all of these are obviously in a category of, this is content that you would not see on network television. But right. I included carnal knowledge only because that that's the main reason people got HBO, as far as I can tell. So my questions are sexual. <laughs> to hear Candace Bergen singing really badly. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. There you go. Brendan. I have a question. About another thing that was first. Are the you question drunk? Is, I'm drinking a root beer, Virgil's root beer, which I've just noticed on the label. It says in italics, made naturally, comma, for the root beer connoisseur. Which makes you picture exactly one person. <laughs> Who is this root beer connoisseur? <laughs> he sits on a mountain somewhere. Nice. In a chateau. And says, no, not this root beer. <laughs> Dashes it to one side. <laughs> Rolls the barrel down the hill. <laughs> yes. He lives in a frosty mug. Criminal <laughs> origin story of Donkey Kong. All right. Yeah. How long ago and where was the first recorded ice house built? Was it A? Were you going to answer? Do you have a guess? No. <laughs> a, around 1775 BC in Sumeria. Wow. Was it B, around 620 BC in Persia? Was it C, around 1150 BC in the Yellow River Valley in China? Or D, around 2900 BC, BCE, I should say, in Egypt? And it's like a 
Like a house made of ice, or does like it a house a, that um, has ice in it? Building that contained ice that we have a record of be- being built. All right. And I, not, not icy area. Okay. I, uh, I have recently learned that evaporative cooling was a thing a long time ago. It sure was. And uh, so I think, I think I'm going to go with Egypt. Right. Go with Egypt. Here's I'm going to go with clay pots. 2900 BC. Yep, that's what I'm saying. Because right. because you can you can own people who will wave fans at a clay pot with very little modern technology. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go China uh, because nobody is keeping score. Mm. <laughs> Just in the world, or <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. I'm, I'm going to go with China also because I forgot what the options were. That's fair. They're all, you're all wrong. Uh, <laughs> the answer is 1775 BC, which is a lot longer ago than it seems in Sumeria. Um, there were evaporative coolers in Egypt, I, I discovered while researching this question. They were, I believe, pre-Ice House. And yeah, they absolutely would have just people sprinkle water on a, an amphora of wine and then wave palm fronds at them. That predates, I don't know exactly what it was, it does predate ice houses as a structure. Um, but it was in the Sumerian city of Turga, Turka, excuse me, it's a Q, ordered, built by King Zimri Lim, and ice at the time was, <laughs> with the same word was used for both ice and copper ore, because they were things that can be transformed. The fuck? Whoa. Yeah. Ice was pretty, a weird thing. Yeah. They just knew that when it got warm, it changed shape, and so did... Things that you can make into metal. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, shout out to the band Ice House, the beer Ice House, and the phenomenal game Ice House. Okay. <laughs> Thomas, do you want to cash in your... your <laughs> I, I, I have a question that has spontaneously formed in my mind. Okay. Right now. Are you ready? I'm excited. All right. He looks at the web page. Okay. <clears throat> so during the Second World War, Project Habakkuk was a plan by the British to construct something for uh, the war effort mm-hmm. out of ice. Mm-hmm. Was it an ice bunker, a kind of fortification? Was it an ice battleship? Or was it an ice bomb? A kinetic bomb. All of the above is my guess. That would be a battlement that you throw at someone in the water. Yes. Which was my... my which is, yeah. That, that, that. Uh, I'm going to go with an ice bomb just because you have more details about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Ice bomb. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, McCurdy. My I keep is... forgetting I keep forgetting what all the options were. I need to be like taking notes today or something. <laughs> if it's not all of the, the above fucking heat. I would guess the ship because somebody would argue that it was immune to radar or something. Mm. Hmm. It was in fact a boat. What the idea was to take Ice boat? Pycrete, because it was a guy named Pike who <laughs> came up with the idea. Which is a mixture of water and wood. Oh, that's pulp. right, and, and uh, oh, sawdust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that when frozen yeah. was stronger than plain ice, was slower melting, and would not sink. It could be machined like wood and cast into shapes like metal. They didn't do it though. Uh, hang on. I don't know. I don't think so. I think they only made a single model. 
Imagine I'm being the person right now. <laughs> assigned to, to command that boat. Yep. Well, it's made of literal dust, and it's melting at all times. <laughs> a small prototype was constructed... Into battle, men. Measuring, but, but uh, measuring like 60 you. by 30 feet, weighing 1,000 tons, and kept frozen by a We didn't give this as assignment motor. as a punitive thing yeah. at all. It was kept frozen by a <laughs> By a motor, motor, evidently. Yeah, I'm imagining... It was supposed to be an aircraft carrier. Getting a promotion to captain, and being like, Oh, good! What ship am I commanding? <laughs> <laughs> is it behind this lump of ice in the harbor? <laughs> Where's the boat? I'm so excited. <laughs> Tell me about the guns that it carries. So, from... Have you... <laughs> when is my boat finished thawing? <laughs> from 1971 slash 1776 BC slash World War II to the present day. It's Think Again, my friend. I <laughs> Well, yes, but um, in Kitchens, colon, a sunset design guide published in 2013, some claims are made about refrigerators. The claims you are about to hear, except for one of them, you are to identify the false claim about refrigerators. Claim number one, wine fridges are now as ubiquitous as coffee makers. <laughs> I'm going to clarify, you're not to identify claims that are not true, you're to identify claims that were not made. That were not made. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, claim number one, wine fridges are now as ubiquitous as coffee makers. Claim number two, you should make cuts in the budget of the rest of your kitchen remodel if you have to, to get a stainless steel fridge. Claim number three, under-counter refrigerator drawers are increasingly popular because they're kid height. Huh. For storing kid snacks. Now, children. I, I need to. I want to. I want to check the epistemology of this question real quick. So, the, these are claims made by Kitchen, a fiasco magazine. <laughs> this is uh, the magazine Sunset, which is well known Sunset. if you if you grew up on the West Coast. Yes, I know yeah. of Sunset. Yeah, uh, they they compiled a number of uh, Kitchen information with a, uh, with a number of claims. Yes, and they made some claims about refrigerators. One of which. One they of these claims... One of these they... is not in the book. Right. Yeah. I believe right. B is not in the book. Okay. That's... You should make cuts in the budget of your kitchen to get a stainless steel refrigerator. Yeah. Even Sunset surely has to know that stainless steel fridges are garbage. You can't stick magnets to them. Oh. Mm. They may have a different definition of joy. Yeah. Yeah. The wrong one. They, yeah. They don't, they don't want clutter on their fridges, which is a stupid position to take right. in life. But, you can't um, make a photo shoot. With, you know, a fridge in it that just has crap magneted to it all over. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's what fridges are for. It's photo shoots. I'm sticking to my answer. Okay. I'm, I believe that the false claim is the kid height drawers. Okay. And the reason for that is because it is harder to advertise them. Like, I'm just, it sounds complicated and like you would end up with children in your refrigerator. Okay. And so I think that it would be easier to... You know, children can get into many refrigerators. <laughs> yeah. But if they're kid height, then it's like just for them. And so it's like a special, oh, you got a fridge for me to be in. I th mm. It sounds as though these things are too small for a child to actually get into. Well, get on But it, it sounds like they would be really hard to install. But what was the first thing? Because that was patent. First thing stupid. was that wine fridges are now as ubiquitous as coffee. It was so stupid. They I are, can't believe they it's didn't stupid, say it. but they would want us to believe. They that. would want us to believe that because that's the that's yeah. the sunset 
industrial complex. And now, <laughs> now I'm mad because like I live near an appliance store, and obviously I should have gone there and asked about the latest trend in refrigerators. <laughs> like on my way here. Hey guys, this is what what's I hot in refrigeration these days? There it uh, is. Look, are they short? Are they convenient? Or are they shitty because they I, have no manners? Yeah, I believe I believe a lifestyle magazine would tell me when wine things are ubiquitous, and I believe in yeah, no, the stainless steel one. That's the one that's okay. To me. Yeah, no. In fact, they said the opposite of that. That you should not go out of your way for a stainless steel fridge. Hmm. <laughs> Brendan and Kristen have now high fived each other behind the microphone. Bullshit was the called. Clock didn't really, yeah. <laughs> 4.40 p.m. <laughs> uh, all right. Kristen, do you have another question? I do, and it's still about HBO. Hey! Because that's apparently what I came here to talk about. Uh, what was the first dramatic series? Um, and this is, you know, not, not a sporting event and uh, not a stand-up special, because those, there are a lot of those that was uh -huh. shown on HBO. The hint is that it started in... 1983. Uh, and your options are A, Philip Marlowe, Private Eye, B, Maximum Security, and C, Ray Bradbury Theater. Ooh. I don't know which one was first. I'm going to say Philip Marlowe. Tom? Um, I, I feel uh, Ray Bradbury Theater, I think. I'm pretty sure it was WCW SummerSlam 8. Okay. If I, if I have the year right. It was 1983? Uh, yes. Yes. I, I think that you are correct in not categorizing that as a sporting event. Because <laughs> uh, the Wikipedia page for a series that ran on HBO starts with Wimbledon. And it's like, oh. well, that's, yeah, that counts as a series, but come on. <laughs> uh, I don't think, I don't think that, I did not see any WCW events listed, but I only scrolled very quickly through the page, so... Um, I also don't have any memory of ever watching wrestling on HBO. Was it WCW back then? It was WWF back then. Okay. No, there okay. were two. There were two leagues. There were two I don't leagues. Think there were two yeah. leagues. Yet, there absolutely were. were. All right. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I will wrestle position. you over this. I will. I, I, I'll hit you with a chair. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the answer is A, um, and the others came later. Philip, uh, Philip Marlowe. Philip Marlowe. So what yes. you're saying Sorry. is I'm right. That, I'm saying you're right. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I should have phrased that differently. <laughs> Good job, Mike. <laughs> the if scenario here score. is that Mike Sugarbaker is right. Uh, uh, the others came later. Uh, notably, Fraggle Rock also debuted in um, 1983. Nice. I have, I have, uh, but beef. I didn't count it as a dramatic series. Yeah, that doesn't because it was. I have on. beef with Fraggle Rock because oh, whoa, because, because whoa. Brian Holland. Okay. My my best friend since kindergarten, he had HBO and I didn't. And I did not understand the difference between HBO and uh, video on demand, which did not exist yet. <laughs> and was super annoyed that I could never watch Fraggle Rock because it sounded awesome. <laughs> but I always had to had to leave because my parents were picking me up like right before it would come on, mm. which is crap. Yeah, that was rude of them. Mm-hmm. I don't. Th I think I still haven't seen Fraggle Rock. I more know like some Fraggle basic... suck. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more like more like Fraggle have no consideration. Yeah. You know. <sighs> I'm sorry you had to go through that, Tom. Yeah. I'd eat their buildings. <laughs> I would do it. Yeah. Wait. No. The 
other they eat the, yeah, they it's eat the buildings. dozers yeah. it's the dozer city buildings. i eat buildings before no no there. they do they eat the dozer buildings the dozers, the dozers make build buildings them. and the fraggles eat the dozer yeah. buildings so it all, it all kind of got into your consciousness anyway what yeah, kind like, of cannibal world is this well <laughs> <laughs> you also measure time by uh the progression of how quickly the buildings are made mm-hmm. it's, it's something like so such number of dozer right am i I'm looking at you. Yeah. Oh, all I can think is it was pronounced doozer. Doozer. Oh, yes, damn it. That's right. Okay. Doozer. Yeah. Yeah. And doozer sticks you would eat, but there was some sort of measurement of time. I don't um, remember that. Probably in doozer feet because space and time are, are unified. This is a show about Netflix and refrigeration. Welcome back. <laughs> I've got a question for they you. They live in a cave underground. It's probably really cool there. <laughs> Bam. I would, <laughs> I would hang out. You can watch stuff. Got in one move. <laughs> well played. All right, so I have a question about Netflix. Netflix CEO Reed Hastings in 2011 made $500,000 in salary. That was the year he announced the disastrous Quickster plan. Mm. Uh, that was that long ago now? Yeah, 2011. Wow. Uh, in which he made, the company lost 60% of its value that year. Whoa. Uh, in part due to that disastrous move. Um, real bad PR. He made $2 million, however, in 2012, as it recovered. $3 million in salary in 2013 and 2014. $1 million in 2015, even though it was more successful than ever, and will make only $900,000 in 2016. Despite this, his compensation has gone up every year which is part of why his net worth is now over a billion dollars, because every year he gets an increased amount of stock options. My question is, what the fuck is a stock option? Hmm. <laughs> this is not multiple choice. Thing. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, a Don't stock you take your best guess. Can I answer guess? the question with a personal story? Yeah. <laughs> so, when I was in sixth grade, um, we did the thing where we, like, I, a lot of people do this, like in our math class, we did like a um, stock market simulation thing where you would decide you were going to buy stocks in certain companies and then keep track of them in the newspaper and see how your stocks did. And um, when we had conversations about which stocks people buy and why and how the stock market works and the whole thing, my reaction was, because I knew by then that the stock market was important, like, you know, I talk to my grandparents and stuff. Um, and there was that whole thing where their lives got ruined because mm -hmm. of the stock market. Um, and my reaction to finding out how the stock market actually works was this is something grownups really did like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that has not changed as mm -hmm. I have learned a little bit more about the nuances of how the, the economy works. So anyway, my question to you is, what the fuck are stock options? <laughs> uh, I, I can say that a call option is a contract where a buyer and seller agree that the buyer Wait, did, can... What? Did my babbling give you time to look that up? No, I, not, <laughs> I can't prove it other than by honor. I just think that option theory is interesting while the stock market is still bullshit. Okay. It's one of those things where, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of serious economists also think the stock market is bullshit and also believe a lot of things that I think are bullshit, but no. still, right. come yeah. on. 
Uh, I have. That's my PSA wait, for the day. Oh, so uh, uh, there's a difference. Between, I, well, I, all I know is the difference between a call option and a put option. And basically, the notion is that you make it can make a contract of like, hey, I would like to buy that stuff from you at this price, but I'm not going to do it now. And if it's an option, it's because you may or may not do it at that price. So a call option is when you're like, I can buy it if I want. And so uh, a full-time employer has a call option on your time, um, whereas a put option is the opposite somehow. I'm because you can put and now I'm paralyzed. the call onto the margin where stop. on... Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have held and exercised stock options. Oh, and as I understand it, basically a stock option is uh, the right to purchase a stock at a certain price per share in the future, regardless of what its normal price per share at that time actually is. And the idea is that you set these options at a at a lowish price, and then they will be worth more in the future. Um, so you you if you're hiring people for a startup, you give them stock options, and you give them the option to purchase stock at some low price because, well, that's what it's worth now, because who wants it now? Your company is some risky nonsense. Uh, and then after you IPO, uh, you put some time limit on or, it, maybe. Or even get acquired. I yes, think. yes, or get acquired by a public company. Um, then, you know, the shares translate in some way, and then you can hopefully uh, buy them at a low price and you get a windfall. Or your stock options can be, quote-unquote, underwater, which is a term we all know from uh, from the, the mortgage uh, nonsense. Yeah, I, I actually just remembered that I was supposed to have stock options when I worked for a company uh, a few years ago, and I kept forgetting to turn the paperwork in, and mm -hmm. I worked there for a year, and then and then I got fired. And later, and then later they got um, bought by another company, so I could probably be like six hundred dollars richer right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike, for answering. So, sure. second part of the PSA. <laughs> First part is the stock market is bullshit. Don't pay attention to it. Second part is turn in your stock options paperwork, kids. <laughs> if, if if it is handed to you, fill it out, give it back to HR. And I would like to opt to ask my next question. Oh, hey! Oh. <laughs> there were two. You have to do it later. <laughs> <laughs> But you'll be able to do it at a really good price. Yes. As opposed to the usual price you have to pay me. <laughs> yes. This thing is a racket. <laughs> yes. There are two movies, which, I don't know, maybe have been on Netflix at some point. <laughs> this whole thing is a sham. <laughs> Both were directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Or written by Lawrence Kasdan. Ooh. Directed. Directed. According okay. to my notes, directed. Directed <laughs> by Lawrence Kasdan. They have oppositional temperature titles. Ooh. And Whoa. both feature William Hurt. Okay. Uh, I know what one of them is. What are the movies? And I there's a follow-up question. I don't know what either of them is. Heat and the Big Chill. It's not Heat. Yes. Well, I was... I, I know it wasn't Heat. I know it wasn't <laughs> Heat, but one of them is mind. definitely The Big Chill. Is this our final answer? Was it yes. the small fire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, uh, body heat? No, he didn't direct body. He might have directed body. 
He might have, and did. Oh. They were Body Heat and the Big Chill. Okay. Ah. I'm giving I'm giving everyone distributed points. Nice. Because you all work together, and that's what I like to see. <laughs> <laughs> now, my follow-up question is that... Uh, so those are those are movies on opposite ends of the temperature spectrum. William Hurt's characters in these movies also uh, have have features that are on opposite ends of what spectrum? Uh, sobriety. Okay, sobriety for Kristen. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, strong autism. Strong autism. Okay. Okay. Brendan. My answer is obscene. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to follow up on that? No. Nope. All right. Uh, like, can I? Can I? If I like, pay a premium for it. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I would more water, Kristen. I what, wouldn't. What I would recommend is you just wait until your parents go to bed, come downstairs, and it's scrambled and kind of green, but you can see some stuff. You can right, totally right. see stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and be prepared. Have the remote in your hand. Be prepared to oh, change yeah. the channel That's very right. quickly. That's right. Uh, uh, Brendan gets half a point for being correct while not, uh, revealing himself. Uh, it's the boner axis. Uh, oh. William Hurt's character, uh, uh, I believe does Kathleen Turner a whole bunch of times in Body Heat, but is impotent from a war injury in The Big Chill. Yes. Oh. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> yes. But he's not, but he's not, like, being treated for priapism or anything in Body Heat. <laughs> I didn't watch it. I don't have Netflix. No, sorry. No one can prove he didn't have a boner the whole time. <laughs> and then they were filming from the waist up. <laughs> well, the chest up. <laughs> so Freon, as a brand, uh, covers several refrigerants. Uh, it used to cover many ozone-endangering chlorofluorocarbons, or CFCs, as they were commonly known. Uh, but they were invented, despite uh, that danger... They were invented as a means of making refrigerators safer in response to uh, many fatal in-home accidents in the 1920s from refrigerants such as ammonia and sulfur dioxide, both toxic gases in common use as refrigerants at the time. So the inventor of Freon, Thomas Midgley, uh, demonstrated uh, in front of an assembly of the American Chemical Society, he demonstrated the safety of Freon. How did he do it? Did he do it by breathing in a lungful of it and exhaling onto an open flame. Whoa. Did he do it by having his child do that? <laughs> Did he do it by passing out balloons full of it, which sank awkwardly to the ground? Or did he do it by walking into a cloud of it with a lit candle, the cloud being briefly visible due to the high temperature in the lecture hall? He didn't drink a glass of it? Well, it's a gas. That's what I would have done. I would have gotten some, like, condensed Freon, and I would have been like... That would have been very cold indeed. I yes. Um, and it, it would have been really cool. <laughs> I'm pointing at you with both fingers. <laughs> My answer is he was impotent from a war in me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom. Uh, I... I have a follow-up story about Thomas Midgley, which I will save for after the question. Yeah, yeah uh, if, I, I, if I don't <laughs> tell it. I got follow-up questions. You think I don't? <laughs> Whoa there. I, uh, I believe that, uh, I believe that every scientist should experiment on himself. I believe that he breathed in a big old lungful of it and then blew it into an open flame at a metal concert. Correct. Except for the metal concert. Yeah. No, it's the American Chemical Society is not a band. 
Oh. <laughs> no, it's just a lot of chemists. Um, Thomas Midgley invented uh, some other things. Which of these did he invent? Did he invent leaded gasoline? Did he invent a method for treating swimming pools that let people swim deeper? Or did he invent a way to get salt into popcorn before popping it? I'm say leaded gasoline. Yeah. He's so down. exhausted by this question. <laughs> it is it is totally leaded gasoline. It is all three of these things, but oh it my is God, totally leaded gasoline. And yeah, he got in some trouble for that. This he guy followed is a it up, goddamn menace. Yeah, he followed it up by sh just shooting at the earth with a gun. <laughs> he made up for it with the popcorn, guys. Give him a break. <laughs> the leaded gasoline preceded Freon, by the way. That is part of why uh, people gave him a hard time over the safety of Freon. Because they were like, eh, eh. <laughs> he went I on to be this guy. He went on to be involved with uh, the founding of the Carrier Engineering Corporation, uh, which used Freon in the world's first self-contained home air conditioning unit. What name did they attempt to market that unit uh, under? Was it home refrigerator? Was it atmospheric cabinet? Or was it they just tried to get people to call it a carrier? Because they were the Carrier Engineering Corporation. Huh. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Carrier. That's, Carrier? Like, that's like advanced branding. Yeah. It is advanced branding. Uh, I guess that means I'm a genius because I made that up. It was ah. called the Atmospheric uh, <laughs> Atmospheric <laughs> Cabinet. Yeah. Don't most cabinets The Quickster have of Refrigerating. <laughs> In a nutshell. Yeah. I just want to add uh, that in the... Uh, Famous 1992 uh, breakout science fiction novel, Snow Crash, by Neil Stevenson. Uh, Freon is known colloquially as Chill. Mm. I don't remember that. It's yeah. Awesome there, right? It's a thing. It's late in the novel. Mm. There's a truck driver. <clears throat> what? There's a truck driver. Who? Who chills? Yeah. Okay. A, a driver who needs who needs chill. Ah. As do we all. Don't we As all? Do we yes. All. <laughs> <clears throat> what you got? I, I'm, uh, nothing. No? Nothing. I'm out of chill. Oh. And. I'm, I'm sorry. And Netflix and HBO questions. Okay. I can ask a question. Yeah. Yeah, you can. I've got two. Do you want me to go first and you go? Sure. On air negotiation. <laughs> uh, what is the Mpemba effect? That's M-P-E-M-B-A. Whoa. Is it A, the visual pop when low-resolution compressed video is replaced by higher resolution? Is it B, the statistical rate at which Freon can be expected to escape, escape its container? Is it C, the way adding more specifiers to a category, for example, indie European dramas about dark love affairs, increases subjective interest, or perceived subjective interest? Or is it D, the fact that boiling water is proven to freeze faster than cooler water? Oh, damn it, you're crossing the streams. That's right. I love this question. <laughs> um. Oh God. M P E M B A. M P E M B A. It's capital M, mm -hmm. and then capital E for effect. Uh, I'm gonna say it's the categories thing. Was that C? That was C. That was C. Uh, I'm gonna say the one about boiling water because that's awesome. That's a D. Uh, I I like all of those as responses. <laughs> Uh, I want to I support you and make you feel valued in your distractor creation. Oh, thank you. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's Boiling Water because I think that's the name of the kid who actually went, wait, has no one, like, verified this and, like, actually did the test? That's correct. Yes. Yeah, he was oh. a schoolboy in mm-hmm. Tanzania. Mm-hmm. A young man named Erasto Mpemba. It was a known fact for millennia. Like, it was just like, yeah, obviously this happens because we can boil water in places where it's cold. But, yeah, eventually this kid, I think, in the 20th century. Yeah, I think it was, like, within the past, like, 10 or 20 years. Yeah, is that right? I think so. Oh, my God. I think. I could totally be wrong. The Impenda Effect, everyone. Wow. Yay. Cool. I think some of you may know this. So, uh, Netflix... <laughs> it's okay to ask us stuff we know. Uh, is it? I personally prefer it. All right. I, I want to say, in response to your last response, though, I want to say, at some point we're going to do a show solely about which responses we like. <laughs> Not which are correct. Mm-hmm. We'll never say which ones are correct. Keep yes. Rolling. Netflix has a, uh, a software service. Yes. And the name of the software service is Chaos Monkey. Uh-huh. What is the job of Chaos Monkey? Is it A, to randomly uh, mix up a customer's genre recommendations to just, like, shake loose new, new preferences? B, to randomly double-charge customer to piss them off <laughs> to test whether their customer service department is, like, on it. Is it C, randomly shut down part of their data center to keep the engineers on their toes? Or is it D, just just a monkey that is in the office and they can't catch him? <laughs> <laughs> They've rebranded him. <laughs> feature, not a bug. That's right. Uh, D is the most fun, but A is the least sociopathic, and so I hope that's the thing. I hope that's the thing. I was guessing it was a, like a load balancer or something, but yeah, I, I say C. I say they are prepared for disaster at all times because they continually cause disasters. Uh, the answer is C. Yeah. Yep. yep. Wow. That is it. Wow. Chaos Monkey is a service which runs in the Amazon Web Services that seeks out uh, something with a name. And terminates random instances during working during business hours. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I was at a, I was at a conference, and one of the uh, with the sessions was was one of the Netflix engineers. It was just called Chaos Engineering. Wow. <laughs> because they figure that uh, uh, something that is a one in a million chance of failure when you have millions of things yeah. means that that thing is going to happen. So they they actually have a the the goal was to have essentially. Uh, simulate, what if there was a monkey with a gun loose in one of our data centers? <laughs> just firing randomly. Why do they have to simulate that? Why not give a monkey a gun? Well, they don't have data centers anymore, but I think... Yeah, that, I think no... That, it'd be so much cheaper, though. Hardware th- is not real anymore. But I think that... I believe that while they had data centers, they had a monkey with a gun. <laughs> I believe that's true. No. I'm not saying it is true, but I believe it. Right. You're, you're going to like this. I've seen recently a, a, a proposal that companies that are worried about whether they have uh, people whose skills are too irreplaceable uh, just start a bot that just randomly tells people to go on vacation. Yes, I've heard of this. Chaos monkey for people. Yes. <laughs> Love this. I think that might be implemented somewhere. And like it actually, it reminds me of this this thing that someone said that I thought was just brilliant. Remember that a one in a billion chance means there's seven guys waking up in the morning going, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> if That's... I were writing that Chaos Monkey for People bot, 
<laughs> I would make it tell me to go on vacation all the time. Well, me yes. Too. Me too. <laughs> Random. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't you know how this happened, but I gotta do it because the say software says the bot, <laughs> robot. You didn't say which probability distribution. <laughs> Center of the bell curve, son. <laughs> uh, Brendan, you have one more. I have one more. It's about the origin of Netflix. Ooh. It's about a time Reed Hastings got a forty-dollar overdue fee for a VHS tape that he had rented, and said, "Fuck this, I'll make." A video service where you charge people whether or not the thing is late. <laughs> was what was the movie? Oh, mm -hmm. was it A. Apollo thirteen? Was it B. True Lies? Was it C. Groundhog Day? Or was it D. The Nutty Professor? Reed Hastings seems to me like a um, like an Apollo thirteen man. It was Apollo 13 because they, they were trying real hard to get back, and so it's sort of, sort of a resonance there. <laughs> All right. So I'm thinking about uh, the movies, the movie that you don't take back because you never actually got around to watching it, and so you keep thinking uh, that, that you're going to watch it tomorrow, so what's another dollar or 50 mm -hmm. cents or whatever of late fees? Netflix knows all about this psychology um and and how people add things to their cues that they never actually bump up in their cues and get um or add things add things to their lists now it's called the impenda effect actually. yes yeah. <laughs> um and it's usually serious movies it's usually movies like schindler's list yeah. and the most serious of the movies on that list is apollo 13 so i'm gonna go with that oh this is dangerous because we're unanimous yeah yeah. And Brendan is a trickster well, god. Well, this isn't a democracy. No, it's not. Or it's not a reverse democracy. <laughs> like There are, there are a lot of Cressies that it's not. It's, it's a feudal dictatorship, <laughs> obviously. I am your trickster lord. Unfortunately, you're all right, and you've defeated me. Oh! <laughs> right. Nice. I still have another question. Yeah? I okay. I well, another one. I'm going to ask mine, then. Okay. Okay. Um... So Redbox debuted in 2002, initially funded by McDonald's. Uh, I'm, of course, asking a question about Redbox because it is similar to Netflix in that it vends videos and it is red. And it now <laughs> exists in kiosks that remind one of refrigerators. And sometimes Ooh, next yes. to the ice machine in front of a convenience store. For sure, yeah, yeah. Um, or not it, the ice machine, but the ice freezer where you get bags of ice. Yeah, no, I bet those things are internally cooled. Things. Yeah, it, it debuted in 2002 in the Washington, D.C. area. It debuted with 11 DVD rental kiosks and four kiosks of something else. Was that something else grocery kiosks that could give you a limited number of things, such as eggs and milk? Was it video game kiosks? Or was it book and magazine vending machines? I'll tell you right now, these four machines were abandoned within a year, and they doubled down on the DVD thing. I'm going to go with book and magazine vending machines, because that, that just sounds like something somebody would have done in 2002. Okay. Uh, I would go with the video game vending machine, because it's the same machine, but you paint it a different color. Hmm. I would say that too, but... How does that work with the brand Redbox? Well, it... It's you, a box. It's like... It's called... <laughs> There's shades of red. It's a yeah. 1984 situation. You just say it's red. 
<laughs> yeah. Until people believe it. <laughs> oh, fucking gamers. I'm uh, going to say uh, the one that nobody else said yet. Which one was that? I don't know. <laughs> the milk and oh, eggs groceries. One? Groceries. Yes. Yeah, the milk. The, mil- the I was egg assuming- vending machine. That's what I'm putting <laughs> my that money sounds on. So, that sounds like a terrifying thing to operate. Like, I'm just picturing, like, you know, like eggs breaking and glass bottles of milk <laughs> it breaking. It shoots out the and- bottom at you. Uh, Karma has blown back to Brendan The company placed four automated convenience store kiosks That sold grocery items such as milk, eggs, and sandwiches That's not a good idea idea. It is not a good idea at all They withdrew them within a year And and their DVD kiosks Sandwiches, but anyway I mean, I'm just babbling about yeah. vending machines and my love yeah, for them. Yeah, it's like it's the automats used to be a thing. Yeah. Oh, I miss automats. Those and weren't also, machines. Those are somebody just in the back. Yeah. Me. No, I know. <laughs> I know, but I want they mechanical turked it. That's yeah. all they did. Yeah. I want them to. I want that to be a thing again. It'll be great. It'll be great. But of course, the, I'm the DVD at the microphone. Like, get on it, microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. I thought that was at me. It's like, my God, I have other life plans. <laughs> Too bad. Ah. Uh, <laughs> As some of our listeners may know, the DVD kiosks also rent video games. Yeah. That's where I got that. Mm. So. Ah. Uh, Brendan, you have one more. I have one more. Since I finished chewing. As of December the 15, sins of podcasting. I know. As of December 2015, Netflix represented what percentage of downstream internet traffic to fixed points during peak hours? That's to like household modems and, and businesses. During peak hours, not cell phones. Uh, I want you to guess within ten percent. Okay. It is between zero and one hundred percent. Seventy percent. Mike goes with the anti-prices right strategy. What? <laughs> Seems like you're anchoring high. That's. I mean, well, I, I I'm not familiar with prices right strategies. I am against the prices right. That's fair. Right. Is it because you're against spaying and neutering? Uh, it's because pricing is wrong. Well, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I'm, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with 60%. Uh, man, it's a difficult question because videos are very large, uh, but how much of them have uh, naked people doing it in them? So, <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, 80%. Oh, way too high. Really? <laughs> 36.5%. Oh, 15. I had it backwards. That's still very high for one right. company. Yes. Yeah. YouTube yeah. is the next highest with, I think, uh, 15%. Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, what is the... This is the follow-up I blame question. Mike for anchoring high, by you the did. way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You got me some points there. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in any of your philosophies. <laughs> What do you think is the chief contributor to upstream bandwidth going the other way? Oh, that has to be torrents. I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, 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 the, whatever, whatever you send to make it so that you can, sh- uh, like, shoot at people. Gaming, gaming packets. Mm. Gamer packets. UDP, packets yeah. full of gamers. Naked if only we could send it. them upstream. <laughs> it's just porn uploads. It's correct. Christian. Yeah. <laughs> People upload far more porn than they watch. That's actually a real problem with MediaWiki. Um, I, I barely have any time to myself. <laughs> Mike was, of course, correct. 26.8% of upstream bandwidth during peak hours uh, from fixed points has been torn. Why do you say I'm, of course, correct? Because <laughs> you're the host and he's because he Yeah. 
Because if you were wrong, I'd be disappointed. As it is, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not pleased. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything about torrents. <laughs> Why are you? Stop looking at me. <laughs> I forget whose idea this uh, this topic was. Maybe Brendan. I, I think somebody else suggested it, and I fiercely advocated for okay. it for months. <laughs> right. I thought that Kristen said it, and all of us just were like, yes. But I don't no, remember. No, I don't no? think I did. Hmm. Nobody, Nobody claims responsibility for this episode of Think Again, my friend. <laughs> uh, it's produced by Kristen McCurdy and myself. Um, some people helped, like Brandon and Tom. I didn't do any work at all. <laughs> all right. uh, thank you all for listening. We we have uh, aims. That's not true. Goals. What dreams, are you talking about? Options. <laughs> options. We have options. options. They're not worth very much. <laughs> Thank you. We will see you next time. I really wanted to get the Quickster guy on the show. The Quickster guy? Yeah, the guy whose handle is still <laughs> at Quickster. They didn't check if it existed before they launched that name. But you can't get a hold of him. He hasn't tweeted in years. He's just in the data center with his gun. Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Quickster guy, if you're out there, can you call? You can, uh, you can come over, just, you know. Hang out. Hang out. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. Everybody shut the fuck up. <laughs> Give him that look. <laughs> Our theme contains elements from the album, Waves of Energy, by Synthetic Synergy. Our show is copyright 2016, all rights reserved.